And he was like, why on earth aren't you in tech sales? Like, that's where you need to move. And so I thought, well, you know what? That probably sounds sensible. So so made the move over to Dark Chase um, about five years ago now. The biggest deal I've, I've personally ever done and one of the biggest in Amir. Yeah, exactly. So super excited to chat about that today. It took about 18 months to do. It was a 4 million TCB, 1 million ACB contract um, for just one part of our solution. So lots of good upsell opportunity there as well. We had spoken to the champion earlier in the year in April 2021. He'd said, look, too many projects ongoing at the moment, but really keen to have a chat with Dark Trace, but reach out after the summer. So Ted did exactly that, booked me a meeting in September 2021. And then the rest is history, I guess, went from there. There was a really interesting moment actually where the technical champion told Alex some information which which explained as to why um, our champion was slightly distracted for a couple of weeks because there was a big project and like that's the kind of thing that if we didn't have the relationship with the technical champion we'd never have known and then you get people worrying internally like maybe something's gone wrong but actually it made sense because you know we got a good understanding that he had a massive other project that was completing in the two-week process where he was a bit quiet for us. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Elite Dealers. Today I am with Harriet McCacken, and as you might guess, I've been practicing a lot on pronouncing that last name. I'm not unfamiliar with it, having a bit of a tricky last name myself, but Harriet, a very warm welcome to you, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to, to have a chat today. It'll be good. Yeah, and so, hey, you're currently with Darktrace, right? But you used to sell vending machines at one point, right? So that's a bit of a journey. Exactly. Vending and coffee machines and the coffee that would go in the coffee machines. So a whole big journey to get here. <laughs> so how did, how did that happen, that transition? So I basically, um, one of my friend's dads worked for IBM and I, I've been at uh, this, the vending machine company for three years. And I was like, oh, you know, having a good time. It's going well. And he was like, why on earth aren't you in tech sales? Like, that's where you need to move. And so I thought, oh, you know what, that probably sounds sensible. So so made the move over to Dark Chase um, about five years ago now. Right. And it seems sensible looking back at it, right? Because you did yeah. one of like the, the key deals in EMEA and that's what we're here to talk about yes. today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The biggest deal I've, I've personally ever done and one of the biggest in EMEA. Yeah, exactly. So super excited to chat about that today. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so, you know, context of the deal. Can you give us like the, the, the high level um, yeah. track yeah. of this deal? So, yes, yeah, so it took about 18 months to do. It was a 4 million TCB, 1 million ACB contract um, for just one part of our solution. So lots of good upsell opportunity there as well. But yeah, it was a lot of work and effort went in, but I'm excited to chat about it today. Um, one of the things to know is that obviously Darktrace only just started with MedPick. So we only started in August 2023 to learn MedPick and it's been a super exciting journey so far. But none of the deal had anything like MedPick didn't exist for me. So I didn't know how to apply it correctly, but it's been a really good exercise to look backwards and see how loads of the stuff that we did works with MedPick, just has different words. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to like correlate between the two and see how actually MedPick was a huge part of the process and how in the future I can learn how to use it more successfully, hopefully. Right. I mean, that that is a great sort of setup for the rest of this conversation, right? Because what I'm hearing you say is almost like retrospectively, looking through the MedPick lens, you are able to understand some of the things that went really well in that deals and then 
as part of using Metric as a common language, replicate them going forward. Would that be fair to say? It's exactly that, yeah. And also nice to be able to talk about it like internally with my team and work out where we, who the champion was, who the economic buyer was. And it's very clearly there. And the people, you know, in the processes align, like the decision process or paper process, it makes sense, but it's nice to be able to apply MedPick to it retrospectively. And yeah, again, moving forward to other deals, I'd be able to use that now in the correct way. Okay, awesome. Well, let's use this lens for the, the yeah. next couple of minutes, um, talking about this deal. How did it first come about? Was it outbound, inbound? Where, yeah. where, did, it, where outbound, did it start? Yeah. Outbound from my BDR, Ted Blackburn Mays, so definitely big shout out to him. Um, we had spoken to the champion earlier in the year, in April 2021, He'd said, look, too many projects ongoing at the moment, but really keen to have a chat with Darktrace, but reach out after the summer. So Ted did exactly that, booked me a meeting in September 2021, and then the rest is history, I guess. It went from there. Oh, I mean, that, I, I love that. I think, you know, uh, like you said, big shout out to Ted there. Would it be fair to say that this deal wouldn't have happened without no, the no, outbound no, motion no, from me? Yeah, like, you know, the BDRs that work at Darkshows, they're absolutely unbelievable what they do. And they work on so many more accounts than we do as account executives and account directors. So he definitely had his eye on that account and went for it and, you know, kept on top of it over the summer when maybe other people could have had a look at it. So, yeah, he definitely, without the deal, we wouldn't have had, you know, without Ted, we wouldn't have had the deal. I love that. Well, go Tad, right? Um, so, and, and the thing that we like to do in these conversations in particular is really break it down to what we refer to as the, the pillars of professional selling, right? Yes. Stakeholders being the first, um, uh, process being the second and value being the third. Not always in that order, but I think, you know, looking at the dynamics of, of uh, this particular deal, that does make sense. So if we think about stakeholders and that outbound motion, um, the, the the ultimate like primary champion looking back at it now is that the first person that that engaged with him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ted, it, he was head of he was head of security for both IT and OT. So he's the right person, the right contact. And in a company as large as the company we're speaking about, they sometimes you know I'd speak with a CISO at that level, and, and it kind of e equals out. But yeah, he he was exactly the right person to have met at the very beginning, and he championed us the whole way through. Once we got into sort of the buying process and everything, he took a bit of a step back because the right people were with us for those moments. But he was the champion from the very first meeting to the very to the closing of the deal. The question to you here is like, hey, when did you know that this person was in fact your champion? What did they do or what showed you that they were in fact your champion? Yeah. So we met with him. He then straight away said, I want to bring in more people, which I think is always a good sign. Like I think if you're meeting one person at a company, that's never a good, that's never a good option. You want to have multiple champions. And in this case, he brought in more champions who then almost my um, technical counterpart, Alex, who also deserves a massive shout out. He would then align with those champions a bit more. So it worked out really nicely to have sort of multi-threading. Um, I think that in, April 2022, we got assigned a project manager. And I knew that that would have been pushed for by the by the champion. He would have got that project manager assigned. And that, for me, was a big indicator that he was really championing this project. Like, to have someone assigned to be looking at this and running, the, you know, the proof of value, the legal pieces, the paperwork, the processes, that makes me seem that they're very much interested. And, in, you know, that's a huge indication of a buying sign for me. So, and he, he championed that the whole way through, as I said. And when it got to the stage where we needed to meet the economic buyer, he was the one introducing us to him. Like the whole way through, he, he was doing all the right things for me in terms of being a champion. 
Yeah, I, I love that because when we think about champions, one of the things that isn't just coming about is power and influence, right? That a champion needs to have. Without it, they can still be a good coach, right? They can coach you on how to win, sometimes introduce you to some of the other stakeholders. But getting that EB meeting is something that the champion does really need to have power and influence for. And you cannot give it necessarily to them unless, like Andy always sa says, unless you're tone, um, uh, yeah, t Tony Robbins. But I guess we're, you know, both not in that category, uh, if you know what I mean. Something that I really want to pick up on here is like the multi-threading because that goes both ways, right? That is on the customer side as well as on the on the dark trace side in this case. Um, how did that work from your perspective in this deal? So, so yeah, so the original champion was probably the person who I spoke with more. Then we had the two champions who were head of IT and head of OT. And that's where Alex, my technical counterpart, was amazing with them. His relationship was so good with them. That made a big difference. And then within their team, there was multiple coaches who were being enthusiastic as well. But when we got to the kind of um, stages of, you know, talking about proof of value in the buying process, we then also aligned from my side a guy called Max, who's our chief product officer, who's unbelievable. And he was then assigned to sort of be the multi-threaded assignment to our economic buyer. So ultimately another champion who was, was helping us. But yeah, that, you know, there was multiple stages where people at Dartrace were talking with different champions. And that I think is such an important part of a project where you have multiple people from your business and their business talking together. Yeah, we hear it all the time, right? It really takes a village to uh, to get something like this uh, done. And I, the two things specifically here is like, uh, Alex, your SE, I guess, shout out to Alex as well, right? It's like if, and I don't know if this uh, happened at any point in this deal, but sometimes you see that engagement goes a little bit down. There's suddenly like no communication, like having that mm -hmm. multi-thread and for Alex to be able to reach out to the technical champion, that's like a massive uh, change maker, right? If you can do that to understand where you are and get from a place of uncertainty to confidence by having that uh, multi-thread to rely on. Yeah, there was actually one stage um, really quite late in the deal where we were, because they, they bought a, um, they, they were tendering for a SOC at the same time. There was a really interesting moment actually where the technical champion told Alex some information which which explained as to why um, our champion was slightly distracted for a couple of weeks because there was a big project and like that's the kind of thing that if we didn't have the relationship with the technical champion we'd never have known and then you get people worrying internally like maybe something's gone wrong but actually it made sense because you know we got a good understanding that he had a massive other project that was completing in the two-week process where he was a bit quiet for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that makes so much sense. And then the other, what I would call elite move that you guys, uh, uh, I want to say pulled, but that sounds negative. <laughs> you sort of proactively took at the time was early EB engagement, right? Uh, uh, aligning a senior stakeholder in your team to, yeah. to, the, to the proposed EB, I suppose at that time. Because um, doing that early on creates this, this engagement that you can always rely on later on. Exactly. Yeah. And it was it was literally just as simple as Max sent an email to DB and just saying, look, really, really pleased that we're having these conversations. Anything I can do to support, let me know. It was it was really light touch and it just really landed well. And he actually replied straight away, being like really pleased that we're having these conversations as well. Looking forward to speaking in a few weeks when we, were, we had a planned meeting. So, yeah, it was just a really nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Harry, you mentioned uh, the proof of value, right? And I yes. think that if we and it's a nice segue into like the value uh, pillar of um, of the, the the kind of uh, pillars that we're looking at here, and then particularly uh, decision criteria, because 
at, at what point did you start shaping this um, uh, in the in the sales cycle in general? And what role yeah. did the proof of value play in that? Yeah, so Jordan, my commercial director, that's what we, we've always planned that, you know, at Dark Trace, we would call it um, success criteria. So very similar to decision mm-hmm. criteria. You know, we, we call it that and we've been doing that for a long time. And that, when I was doing the training, really stuck out as something we've done for a long time, which is the different word. So he was very keen that we get that up and running and he joins those, he joins the kind of, wider conversation when we get to the proof of value stage so he led that which was really helpful we then had conversations with the it guy and the ot guy to both make success or decision process uh you know criteria outlined value criteria so that both of them were you know and then we'd send it as a summary and yeah that was a really important part of the process and it meant we could constantly reflect back on it because as we've learned like the, that process is ever growing and ever changing and it's important to always keep in touch and make sure that they agree yes we've hit on this one and now we're moving on to this section here yeah absolutely and and you know to to influence the decision criteria which is ultimately how the customer makes decisions right so it's a massive change maker in in how we approach deals proactively and it sounds like the way that you think are thinking about it is, is exactly that right because i think that in our industry People often think like, yeah, decision criteria. We need to qualify the, the way that the customer is making their decision, the criteria that they're basing their decision on. But they're not professionals in like cybersecurity, right? They're like yeah. they spend 95% of their time on other things. So you need to be there with them, become yeah. the trusted advisor to get to a consensus on what's good for solving the pain that they have that is important enough to solve for, right? And we did exactly that. We made a, because, you know, the, the guys were like, oh, we, don't, you know, we haven't done that before. And, and what we did was actually create a template and say, look, this is what other people have used previously to, to measure Dark Trace's success. Would you like to, for us to base the conversation around this? And then it was a really natural flow into actually, oh, yeah, that fits exactly why we're doing this project. And that is a pain point for us. And we naturally created then a really good decision process or decision criteria for them to, to align against. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's that's amazing. And so, if we if we think about backing that up with how you've done it before, right? That's the proof essentially. In in uh, by way of the Metpick framework, we typically think about an M one, right? Which is the quantifiable impact you've delivered for a current customer, armed with decision criteria. So the how. Did you at any point get one of your current customers in as well to to back you up? Yes. So actually, this was really interesting. They. I think that the world, the, the industry they're in is quite small. So there was, they have this conference every year and um, the head of the IT team messaged mm. one of our Dark Trace customers and he knows him from you know being in the same industry. And he was like, look, we're starting to think about doing a Dark Trace uh, proof of value. Do you guys recommend it? Is there any questions? You know, can I jump on a quick call? And this customer of ours is actually our very first ever customer at Dark Trace. And he jumped on with him and had a great conversation messaged me afterwards or messaged the account director who looks after them and he was like these guys are super interested and it was a really good a really natural thing to have happened and it's great that they had that kind of confidence from the customer who has been a customer for 10 years now um that they that they were doing the right thing by starting the proof of value project but it wasn't us who led them to be to get to that conversation which is a shame but they did you know that was a natural conversation that they had well i think two things there first and foremost if your first ever customer um, is is there with you to provide that reference uh, that's mu- that much further in time? Like you're doing a yeah. great job on value delivery, right? So that's yeah. that, that's the first compliment to the business, I suppose. 
And then the second thing is it, it's going back to the beginning of the conversation that you and I are having today, because right now, looking through the MedPIC lens, you can repurpose that into a more proactive motion going forward, right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Okay, lovely. So um, I think that what we will move on to is, is the process pillar here. And then uh, w- what I think that we are particularly uh, interested in is getting an understanding about how you went about that, whether it was proactive, because um, from a sales process perspective, we tend to think about the paper process, the decision process to come late on in the in, in our sales cycles, right? Mm-hmm. We only start thinking about it once we become like vendor of choice, whether when there's like a serious kind of show that, well, we might up, end up winning this deal. But, but what we learn uh, time and time again is that the best deals, both from like a revenue perspective as from a success perspective, these things are more proactively, right? So what can you tell us about the way that you guys went about so this with uh, this deal? It was very important for us to have those conversations in parallel. And that's something that Darchos has done very well, I think, from the beginning or from the, in the five years I've been here. Because timing-wise, we were coming out at the end of our financial year. So like three or four months mm-hmm. in advance, we're starting these conversations because there's no way you can have a legal process, you know, in a two week when they say, yes, we're going with you guys. And it's two weeks at the end of the financial year. There's no way we can get all that done. So we asked for introductions to not only the legal um, department, but also the procurement department, because they're two different paper processes, both needed to be completed to be able to sign off this deal. Um, so I think the proactivity was also helped by another, well, the project manager who was a coach slash champion, introducing us to the right people to get the technical sign-off was very helpful. But we did a huge amount of chunks of the legwork before we even started the proof of value, actually, with because um, we had to go through a workers' council to be signed off to, to even start. So lots of the legwork was done in advance. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that that's everything because that proactivity there empowers you to do things parallel that otherwise you can only start much later right and especially at that time in a year that that puts your deal at risk of slipping and yeah. that's never a good thing is it and i think ultimately they want to be involved in that. and the project manager he doesn't want to get to the end of this whole thing and neither does our champion and it flops at the very last minute because we weren't proactive enough so asking for those introductions didn't feel like too much or didn't feel like i was pushing my relationship with them it seemed totally fair and it was it was met with complete uh yeah understanding and and introductions which was good right now amazing so hey we're getting up to the end of this conversation this has been great but i do have some closing questions for you before we wrap up the first one is like hey what is what is like your biggest learning from this deal single biggest learning that champions are everything and without them that we would never get anything complete and there's multiple champions in a deal and that's fantastic and i and i know you want just one but i have one other one which is just <laughs> raising, <laughs> raising conversations internally and having for the last eight weeks of the of the deal we had a conversation every week with multiple people from my side like my global head of sales my vp my director my uh you know everyone would be on that call alex the technical team and it was super important to have those calls to not only give updates internally but also to be questioned on what I was doing and like ultimately as the account director you're the project manager you're you're I'm the one closing this deal with everyone's help it's not just me but to be questioned and say have you thought about that and to be challenged on the things and raise the problems in advance made a massive difference so that I never was on the back foot when they did come up with the customer so that was a really really good thing that I learned and I think that was a, a great learning curve for me. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that you sort of uh, broke my ass there and went into multiple learnings because Sorry, yeah. what you're, what, no, no, it's great. What you're talking about there is like ownership, right? I think that in our yes. industry, we typically put the onus or we tend to think that the onus is on the AE or the seller, right? But it's and it, like what, what great deal ever comes together just by, uh, uh, you know, uh, by way of the seller working on, on their own. And so... Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's a, a massive uh, insight, and again, uh, a compliment I think to the culture that uh, Dark Trace has already created. So that that you as a seller don't feel like, hey, I need to do this on my own, but I actually have like this whole collective of incredibly smart and brilliant people that I can rely on and collaborate with to get things like this uh, done that uh, change the trajectory of of both uh, your business as well as the customers. Exactly. Um, the other thing is, is what advice would you give yourself, um, yourself from five years ago, That's knowing what you know now? Um, I mean, anyone in sales will know this, but don't ever take no personally. Like, it doesn't matter. And you'll find another deal and you'll learn from it. And just learning from mistakes is so important. And actually going back and reflecting what could I have done better, I think has made me a much better salesperson. Um and I think probably took me to exactly the right place to then start doing this deal and doing it, I'd say, well. And it was an absolute pleasure to run. And I'm looking forward to running another one, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, then that sounds lovely. I think that's great advice. And also, like the uh, the first no, it's typically the start of a yes, right? So, uh, you know, exactly. there's <laughs> there's data behind it. Questions are good yeah. things. When someone's asking you lots of questions, they're really interested. They're not challenging yeah. you. They're actually, they're actually interested. So I think that's good as well. Yeah, we need to embrace that. No, I think that that was great. And and the 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 real uh, interesting thing about this, as you said in the beginning, is that the deal happened uh, pre MedPick for you. Yes. We're reviewing it with MedPick. I would love to invite you to come back on in say a year, where you've used the framework and, and yeah, everything that, that it brings great. for you, and see see where we are then. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks so much, Pim. Well, thanks for being with us today and making this another great episode. So that was the end of the episode with Harriet. Thank you very much for being here with us today and until next time. 